Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. Sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. So you're sitting down in your house, and your Wi-Fi goes out. You're like, what the hell? So you turn the Wi-Fi off and on back on your laptop or phone. Still doesn't work. You go, all right. So then you go to the modem. Go over to it. You turn that off and on. Still doesn't work. Maybe you call your Wi-Fi network. And they say, yeah, no, there's no problem on our end. There's no problem on our end. So you do all of it all over again. And again. And again. Finally. Out of nowhere. It works. You go, oh, thank God. Great. Now, all of that just taught you to keep trying. Now, if that only happens to you once, you're going to go to a certain limit, and then you're going to stop. You're going to just give up. But if that's consistent, and you got to go through that whole routine, and you do, you eventually get the thing that you want. You're going to stick around and go, okay, that's just what I have to do. I mean, it sucks, but that's just what I have to do. And that goes into two categories. Today, we're going to talk about the reward schedule of that. But in a later episode, we're going to talk about extinction burst and how we can use that to improve behaviors. We can ride the extinction burst. We'll get into that later. So the reinforcement schedule at play here is called a variable reward schedule. It's super important if you want to get your behaviors off of rewards and get them just fluent. Not fluencies. We talked about that in an earlier episode. But if you just want the behavior concrete and solid without needing treats or toys or any other reward. So how do we do it? When we're teaching the behavior, we reward every single time they do it. It's called a continuous reward schedule. Continuous. Every single time you go to use the Wi-Fi, it works. Like, great. Every time it doesn't work, you turn it off and on back in. It starts working again. That's continuous. It worked. So when our dogs are learning a recall, and we recall them, and they come all the way to us, and then we give them their reward, they go, great. Recall is awesome. Now, there's going to come a point where they stop thinking about it. And they're not going to be doing it out of fun or excitement. This is new. This is interesting. It's just, all right, I'm coming over. I'm getting my treat. And no matter how I come over, I'm going to get the treat. And some dogs are really clever about it. And they're like, I could take all freaking day. And I'm still going to get my treat. So we don't want that. So then we move into an intermittent reward schedule where they come over. And I don't give them a treat. I mean, what the hell? I let them go. I give them a release word, whatever it is. When they come back over, treat. I go, oh, I got to do this twice to get a treat. 
So then they go, okay, now I got to just think about it a little more. I got to do a little more work. But now this is kind of interesting. So you do that again and again. Okay, now they've gotten up to a pattern where they can go two times, two behaviors without getting a treat. But we haven't lost the precision of the exercise. So then we move on to three. Okay, we're going to skip two. You're going to get it on the third. Skip two, you're going to get it on the third. Now they get into the routine. Okay, I got to do it three times. Now, in this transition, and we talked about fluencies in another episode, so go back and listen to that episode, you can start to select the things that you want in that behavior, but you got to be careful about it. So you're doing, let's say, five, right? You can four times in a row, they're not getting a treat. The fifth time they are. If on the fifth time they sprint at you for a recall, like give me the treat and you reward that, that's now the new expectation for them. They're going to go, oh, you wanted me to run. Well, why didn't you just say so? So going back to the Wi-Fi example, your computer's not working and you kind of smack it. All right, maybe it doesn't work. You smack it a little harder. Okay, it's still not working, but you hit it and it works again. You know, the screen's unfrozen, whatever it is. Then they go, oh, all I got to do is hit this thing and it works. And so the next time it happens, you're going to hit it with the same force you hit it the third time. So that's what we want our dogs to start doing. And again, go listen to that podcast, Six Fluencies of Behavior. Break those down. You can get more distance, more speed, more latency. So we want to work the intermittent reward schedule up to 10. Your dog should be able to do it 10 times in a row without a reward. That's when you know it's the right time to go to the next step. Everybody jumps the intermittent schedule. They either go from continuous to variable or they only do three. No, you got to do 10. You got to do 10. It, it does not help you to shorten that because now you don't have as much room to play with in the variable reward schedule routine. You're going to be limited by how much you can do and how far you can push the behavior. So when you get to the variable reward schedule, you are not going to reward in any particular order. It's actually better to be random about this. But your criteria is between 1 and 10. That's your range. So you're going to do a recall and a release. Call once, no treat. Call the second time, no treat. Call the third time, treat. Call once, treat. Call two times, treat. Call five times, treat. And you start to go back and forth between all these numbers. And that's why having that set of 10 is way more valuable. If you only had three, you can either do one, two, or three. Your dog's pretty much going to guess. But if you have 10, I don't know the math on it, but you have just that much more possibilities to work with. You could do 10 in a row, treat. Nine in a row, treat. Eight in a row, treat. Seven in a row, treat. Like You could work your way down, you could work your way back up. You could jump around a little bit, but it's got to be variable. So what's helped some people with this is just pulling out their phone, asking you know either Google Assistant or Siri or Alexa, just pick a number between 1 and 10. That's the number I'm going to do. They do make apps where you just press and it shows you a number. Those are good. Um, I have found 
that playing cards are the most random. Now, I know these computer-generated things, you know, they, they're designed to have a random number, but they usually stick around the same numbers. So if you have playing cards, you are guaranteed to go through 1 in 10. You just have to discount the queen, king, and jack as being 11, 12, and 13. They're just 10. And ace is 1. So you shuffle up the deck, shuffle it up, place a card down, boom. Place a different card down, boom. And then you just go through the entire deck on that one behavior. Now you got 52 cards there. So you got 52 chances to get any number between 1 and 10. I don't know. Again, I don't know the math on that, but it sounds like a pretty good deal. So how does this help us? And how does it relate to our lives in general? Any behavior you can do with your dog, you should be able to do without rewards. And that's the whole issue when people are like, oh, positive reward. And, you know, you always have to have treats on you. Not if you do it well. Yes, in the beginning, again, that continuous reward schedule, you got to have treats on you. And then the intermittent reward schedule. But let's say, for example, when I take my dogs out to go to the bathroom, I know they're going to sit. So I don't reward them. And maybe once a week, I'll give them a treat because I know they're going to sit before they have to go out the door. And so that keeps the behavior going. They're like, ooh, I don't know if it's today or tomorrow or the day after, but I'm going to keep doing it because eventually I'm going to get something. Think about people who are addicted to Las Vegas and gambling. That is a variable reward schedule. And it's just stretched out so thin. But the possibility to win is what's exciting. It's new it elicits this response in them that is just, ooh, I just, I have to have that tiny little amount ever so possible. And they will throw money at that until they are broke and in debt and going to need to, you know, call the police because they're talking to the wrong people now because they don't have any money. So that is the power of a reward schedule when you've gotten it up to the variability. You got to get it up there as fast as possible and as efficiently as possible. If you do not get it up there, you're going to get stuck in your training and you're going to wonder why your dog is starting to get bored. They're not attentive to you. They used to like these treats. It's just not as exciting. The game in itself, you can get as excited as you want. You can flail your limbs you, and your dog might get excited for that moment. But the actual game of it, look at search dogs. They have no idea where the search is at first. They got to find it. And so when they do that excitement, oh man, I did it. Great, great, great. I did it. All this rush of dopamine and epinephrine, like everything comes into them. And so they go, great, I found it. I found it. And then you pull them away. You take them out of the room. You reset the hide. You hide it in a new spot. Now they might go back to the old spot, but it's not a continuous reward schedule. Right now it's variable. It's, it's different. They got to keep looking. They got to keep looking. And so they start checking all these other areas and they're going up and down and moving around. Maybe they backtrack, they keep going there. Like they're just looking everywhere they can. And then they find it. They go, great. And that's one way to get a dog to search longer. You can do it with time, right? So if every single five seconds they find a hide, that's going to really motivate them to keep going. And then you space it out. Okay, well, every six seconds, every eight seconds, every 10 seconds, every 15 seconds, right? And so that would be more of an intermittent. So you'd have to determine your time on that depends on the exercise that you're doing. And then it becomes variable. So they start to go and maybe they, the first hide they find in 10 seconds. 
The second hide, they don't find till 30 seconds. That's twice as long. Now, the third hide, they find in a minute and a half. And they go, man, that was a long search. And then the next hide is in 10 seconds. So they go, okay, I did that long search, and then I got rewarded with a quick search. Now, I don't think that dogs are thinking exactly how I'm explaining it right now. However, they are understanding and, and cognitively perceiving the world in a way that proves variable reward schedules are beneficial to your training. So if you are not getting them in, work them into your training plan. If you don't have a training plan, you should create one. So continuous, intermittent, variable. Think about in your own life where these things come in. Last example, and then I'll let you guys go about your day. Last example is your phone. When everybody gets a phone, super exciting. There's new stuff on it. You got the you know nice, nice pretty colors, new notification sounds, whatever. Somebody texts you. You text all the time. Somebody texts you. You look at your phone. You're like, oh, great, cool. I respond. Let me text you back. That's continuous. There is something exciting and new every time you look at your phone. Then it kind of gets mundane. Maybe you set up your email. You're getting spam emails all the time. And that just kind of fills up. So if every time you look now, you get one important message and three emails that don't really matter. That's our intermittent. And then you get to a point where really nothing is important coming out of your phone for an extended period of time. And you're just getting blasted with garbage. But you still look at your phone. And then that one time it's something important, boom. Now the more valuable that important thing is, the more drawn you are to it. My professor in college used to say, he would say, just put your phone down. I know it's a distraction. Just turn it off, put it in your pocket. Because the one time your mother calls with an issue, someone's sick in the family, something's going on, the one time that she calls and you miss it, you're going to hate yourself. And so you're going to want to look at the phone even though it's not your mother, even though it's not something that important. Your brain is just hardwired to go, okay, well, I got to see. Is it important? No. Okay, put the phone down. Oh, is that important? No, put the phone down. Oh, it might be important now. No, it's not important. And so we just do it and do it and do it and do it. Now that might be like a hundred variable reward schedule. You get a hundred things of garbage and then you get such a powerful motivator to action that it's worth the other hundred. So keep that in mind. Think about it. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. I'll talk to you everybody soon. Good luck with your training.